0: Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support from Fort Drum's North Country Spouses Club and the Spouses Club of Fort Eustis. My name is Marie McGarry, and I'm today's guest host. Joining me are Dee Bosworth and Kishana Smith, two instructors from STOMP, specialized training of military parents. And we are continuing our discussion on the important role that parents have in advocating for their loved ones with exceptional needs. Dee, welcome back to the show. And Kishana, I am so glad that you are joining us for the second part of our discussion. We've had the pleasure of talking with you ladies on a previous podcast about the importance of families claiming their seat at the table when it comes to advocating for family members with exceptional needs and how important it is to be informed and educated on the issues and services that are available to our military connected families. Dee, for those listeners who might be unfamiliar with STOMP or haven't had the chance to listen to part one of this series, Would you mind sharing briefly Stomp's mission and some of the services that you offer?
1: Absolutely. STOMP stands for Specialized Training of Military Parents. We are parent-focused and we are a project under the Department of Defense and PAVE, which is the Parent Training and Information Center of Washington State. Our goal with STOMP is to provide information and resources so that military parents, individuals with disabilities, and military personnel can better access both medical and educational services. Our mission is to enhance the connections and the knowledge of all attendees and to foster collaborative environments that further enhance family and professional partnerships. Thank you for having us today.
0: Well, thank you for being here. and. One area of advocacy that I think can be especially challenging for parents and for families is when they need to navigate that TRICARE system. So what are some suggestions that you have for our listeners when it comes to accessing TRICARE resources?
2: One of the first things that you want to do is know and understand your TRICARE plan. There isn't just one TRICARE plan and it's not kind of a one size fits all. So, know that coverage, know, you know, what it covers, that care, that treatment, if there's equipment that's needed, you know, know if they're going to cover that equipment, if that plan is is uh, substantial enough for you. You may live in a rural area, Uh, you don't have access to the VA, so depending on what your circumstances are, that TRICARE plan may be the prime or it may be the U.S. Family Healthcare Plan that may be more uh, substantial for your family. So knowing those differences, reading that information for yourself and not just checking into a plan just because you think that's the top tier plan. It may not actually work for where you live and what resources you're trying to access. You also wanna remember to be very organized. Um, We as military families move from place to place quite often and quite frequent, getting up and having that mobility is something that's key to our lives so you want to keep documents you want to have your own documents don't rely on one medical facility to transfer to the next things happen i remember in particular we were in transit from uh from one area to another and we were actually changing tricare zones uh the coverage areas and They lost all of our medical records in transit. I just so happened to have those copies because not only am I a a excessive planner, (laughs) I keep documents of everything. I had it digitally. I was able to share with those medical professionals. And so our care didn't stop for our children that had to continue to go.
1: I think it's important to also get to know the healthcare providers that are caring for your loved ones, because as you get to know them, your child is not only a face that they treat, but a face that they recognize and they learn those little things that are important to your family by getting to know them. You're finding out who understands things like a complex medical condition or has familiarity with calming down mid meltdown (laughs) your little one before proceeding with a procedure, um, even as simple as an immunization to help them get through this process. So knowing who's working with your children, what are their fortes and asking for that person, not only asking, but also appreciating them and sharing that appreciation. It's also key, whether you're advocating with TRICARE and medical needs or with your policymakers, that you don't disregard the middleman, whether it's that nurse taking vitals or the clerk in the policymaker's office. These individuals have insights and experience. They also have access to share your concerns with those who need to hear it, whether it's the doctor or the legislator that makes a vote on a policy impacting your family. Regardless of who they are, listen, take notes on what they say, and always treat them with respect. You never know if that is the person that's gonna open the door to changes that bring positive impacts to you. And as Kashana said, Make copies, maintain your home records. EFMP enrollment paperwork, IEPs and evaluations. um, These are things that, you know, we might think after they're replaced, we don't need them, right? I've submitted it, so my job is done. But we are responsible for maintaining our own home files and human error happens. It's not always a malicious intent that causes these things, but we can be proactive about that. Never give out your last copy.
0: When we think about TRICARE and navigating those systems, you know, we sometimes think that it's a big organization. So I appreciate that you highlighted the importance of making those personal connections, making those personal connections with caregivers that are directly caring for your child and as well as legislators and and putting a face to the you know a name and a face for someone that can support you and your child through the advocacy process and i know we all did a collective gasp uh kishana when you said about losing those records hand carrying them is so important so thank you for sharing both of those insights and tips One issue that you've mentioned before that can be challenging for our highly mobile military families is that continuity of services, especially for specific services such as Applied Behavior Analysis or ABA. Could you share with our listeners who might be unfamiliar what ABA is and why it is such an important service for families with children on the autism spectrum?
1: Yes, ABA has some mixed reviews on it globally. So I will say before I mention it that we are sensitive to that and we recognize that every parent has to decide what they feel is best for their child. So as I share this it's not meant to be persuasive in any way but I appreciate the opportunity to share the information and make it informative. ABA, applied behavior analysis, ABA is the only treatment for autism spectrum disorder that's recognized for being research-based and backed by peer review. There is data that's demonstrating it is effective, and it has been proven effective with other conditions such as Down syndrome and related symptoms. However, it is commonly only accepted for a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. Um, ABA is used in professional settings to improve productivity and efficiency. So it has many different implications and um, applications but when we talk about it under the heading of TRICARE, we're talking about teaching skills to improve quality of life and reducing those maladaptive behaviors, those behaviors that can be self-injurious or can impact others in a bad negative way. Things that may prevent the building of social relationships or may harm physically other individuals. ABA is about teaching the skills that are deficit or lacking in those instances and plugging in expected, um, commonly acceptable behaviors in place of those problem behaviors. And once again, it comes down to improving quality of life. In our household, ABA has been effective in potty training. (laughs) We often see that. Um, It's also been effective in teaching functional speech not just the ability to carry on a conversation, but to self-advocate, to self-express in ways that are acceptable. So while throwing yourself on the ground, especially during COVID um, and kicking and screaming would not be socially acceptable and can be physically dangerous for an immune compromised child. Instead, he's learned to indicate whether it's through signing American Sign Language that he's feeling overwhelmed and therefore queuing in the adult, the trusted adult working with him, whether it's a provider or us as his family, to say, okay, let's stop and take some breaths, teaching those coping skills of taking mindful breaths and counting and calming down those many different grounding opportunities or speaking up for what he wants My son, when he was first diagnosed, did not point or gesture at things that he wanted. And this was before he had the speech to state what he needed. So if he wanted something and he wasn't able to indicate it, how frustrating would that be? That was his situation. So he's learned to not only speak and use language, but to use it in a functional way to meet his needs While improving his quality of life, because again, he's not getting frustrated through this process, he's getting those needs met, which improves his emotional and mental health, as well as that of those around him. Our family no longer hears screaming tantrums throughout the day. Instead, we can have conversations and they can be impactful and understanding of his needs while also being socially acceptable so that in the future he can have those strong relationships outside of our household.
0: See, thanks so much for for really educating us about ADA. I certainly have learned a lot. And I appreciate you sharing too the positive impacts that ABA services have had in helping your son. So thank you for sharing that today. In addition to ABA, families who have children on an IEP, that individualized education plan or the 504 plans that we mentioned, or who may have a family member with some complicated medical needs, they can sometimes experience difficulties accessing services and creating plans to meet their children's needs. If a family is having trouble getting an effective IEP in place, what are some things that they can do or or where should they look for, for some help in this process?
1: Well, I think a lot of parents can relate to this statement that if it's not written down, it didn't exist. In my brain, if I don't keep a checklist or a note of what's going on, it just, it, it's gone. It disappears from my brain. So, accepting and acknowledging that other people are also facing life challenges, even if it's just a matter of um, not a major tragedy or not a major disability, but managing a classroom of 30 plus children, many of which have IEPs that differ from one another. Okay, so recognizing that other people are also going to have trouble remembering things. Put everything in writing. If you had the conversation, even if it was a great conversation by phone or in the car pickup line, don't assume that the other individual is going to be able to remember that and note all of that. Because by the time they get back to the classroom, that educator has probably put out 10 fires (laughs) and we will never know. So put everything in writing. And if you do have a telephone or live conversation, follow up by email. As parents, we also have to know our rights, and that includes the right to request evaluations. That includes the full and individual evaluation for eligibility for an IEP, as well as evaluations like a functional behavior assessment when you have behavioral challenges. Also, I can't say this enough, contact the school liaison at the next duty station before you get there. When you contact them also reach out to the parent training and information center for that state. And if you can't do it before you leave, then do it as soon as you can, when you get there, because that parent training and information center will have a list of the special education terminology that is specific to that state. It can be like learning a different language when you move between states. So get that list before the IEP meeting so that you can discuss the previous IEP contents from the last location in the new IEP team's language. It creates a common language and it'll make you better able to communicate what your
0: student needs. I think that should be the golden rule, right? That put everything in writing is so important, so valuable. Kishana, did you want to add to Dee's comments about what families can do that are having trouble getting that effective IEP in place?
2: Yes, absolutely. So just kind of piggybacking off of D. you know, there used to be this old commercial, I'm probably dating myself now, but there was this commercial for this fast food burger joint and an elderly lady would come in and she's looking for, you know, a huge juicy hamburger. And she's like, where's the beef? That's what you want to have in your mind when you're looking at the IEP and seeing what's effective and what's not working. You want to look at the data. You want to ask, where's the data? So everything should be data driven uh, as far as the results and evaluations and what we're implementing. So you want to take all of that into consideration. And also the data that you as a parent bring to the table. Unfortunately, our kids don't always behave the same way at home as they do at school. So things that we're doing at home, may help in the classroom and vice versa. So that comes to resolutions and solutions. You wanna be able to bring something again to the table to say, okay, I understand that this is not happening uh, at school because of X, Y, and Z. Well, at home, these are some of the things that we like to try. So some of the, uh, or these are things that we find effective. This may work for you also. So pulling in all that data, not just that classroom data, but knowing what you do at home and understanding those keys also know your rights it is not unaccessible to us to be able to pull from the internet to be able to get a written document of your options those procedural safeguards that every school district will have Um, so you want to read through those and understand those and know what options you have to resolve disputes it is inevitable that we will disagree because we are what? We're individuals, we're people. So you need to know the process of uh for dispute resolution and how we can resolve those. There's some informal things that we can do, like talking one-on-one and hashing it out. And then there's some more, um, some more standard things to do that are less informal, uh, that go through the process. So know those things. And remember that it's an IEP team. So Other than the I and IEP, there is no I and team. So work together, be open to alternative options. We as parents tend to want what we want because we know this is what works best, but there are alternatives out there. Be open to those options.
0: Kishana, I think we might be around the same age. I was laughing. I remember that. Where's the beef commercial? Too.
2: That's a great one.
0: And I love what you said about bringing solutions to the table and knowing that parents can ask for evaluations, that they can ask for more data in order to make sure that the goals on those IEPs are effective and individualized and measurable. And your advice about parents being informed and being proactive and knowing what their rights are and knowing where to look for supports if they need some more help negotiating that process and getting to a positive solution and a positive outcome. As we close out today, ladies, what advice would you like to leave with our listeners? And I'm thinking especially for those families that Maybe are new to this process and are looking for some guidance and taking those important 1st steps in order to access services for their child. Speaking with
1: others can be intimidating. So I think it's important that parents remember we are the experts on our children we are their experts. And we bring a big piece of the big picture that is our child. And it is our job as parents to bring the piece that we see and know to the IEP team, primary care and medical supports, our behavioral health providers, such as the ABA specialists and providers, and those other decision makers, including legislators. They don't know what they don't know. And we have that role, that obligation, and that pleasure of getting to see so much more that we
2: can bring to those tables. That's right, D. Trust your intuition, guys. You know what you know. You know, hold on to that. But Be respectful in when you're talking to people. I'm a Southern girl from Mississippi, and you know, they always tell you you catch more flies with honey than anything else. I won't go into what that anything else is. So remember to be respectful. Ask questions. Be inquisitive, because that's what you're doing beforehand when you're doing that research. When we're up in the middle of the night, losing our minds on the internet, finding out all the good and the bad we're researching. So, when you're in front of those individuals that have that professional knowledge or other parents that have that practical knowledge, ask those questions. Don't be afraid. Trust your gut. Some things are just mama's intuition, and some of that intuition comes from the practice that we have every single day of the ins and outs and dealing with all the plethoras of things that come with children with special health care needs. So trust that gut. You know, again, you know what you know.
1: Parents, don't be intimidated by pre drafted paperwork because it is that it's a draft when you walk into an IEP meeting and they have a an IEP ready for you it is a draft you can redline edit highlight cross out do what you need to do because this is information they prepared ahead of time to share with you based on data from the evals and it contains options that are available through that public school district but you bring the expertise on your child. This meeting is your opportunity to include that information before the final draft is released. You can also request that draft ahead of time and make those changes. So when you walk in, you're ready to share.
2: Just wanted to add that also remember in advocacy, advocacy is the spectrum of how you can advocate. So change comes systematically. You can advocate in your community on your ADA council, as a member of that council, you can also advocate as being uh, taking responses in surveys that come out from different family organizations, or even from your legislators, Um, you want to give that input, uh, whether it's in medicaid whether it's in your school setting whether it's out in your community you know our voices are much stronger collectively so reach out and find those groups they're out there and and they're looking for us (laughs) to be a part of those groups so you want to build those strong connections because those collective voices will be heard so much louder than one individual voice that's continuing, continuing, continuing. Um, We're all facing those same struggles um, and it does feel like you're alone sometimes, but being able to reach out, find those like-minded organizations or those like-minded people, and they're more than just other parents, they're professionals too. So understand that that change comes systematically and you can lend your voice to that.
1: Remember that the battle you're fighting today is a battle that you will either return to in the future or another family will enter into in their future. So don't back out or avoid challenges because this battle isn't going away. But with that, walk into it armed with knowledge and armed with the
2: supports and resources available to you.
1: Kishana, do you want to bring us home?
2: Certainly do. So using those resources that are available to you one of those resources is self-care and respite it is easy to go 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 and burn yourself out you want to be able to keep yourself sharp so you want to take time for yourself i feel guilty every time i take a moment for myself but i have to understand that if i don't I won't have anything to give to this process and I certainly won't have anything I want to give to my children uh, to be able to support them to becoming, you know, the wonderful adults that I know that they will. So take that time, take a walk with the dog. Um, If you're allergic to dogs, just take a walk, (laughs) you know, do something for yourself and little things are self care having 15 minutes just to talk to my mom on the phone about the silliness of the day that is absolute self-care so you know as much as we want to give to others make sure you give a little bit just for yourself
0: appreciate you saying that and leaving sort of that as that final message today for our caregivers reminding us all to put on our own oxygen mask first right so we can continue to help family members that we love and care about. So thank you for sharing that today. Dee and Kishana, thank you both so much for being with us again today and for continuing this important discussion. Ensuring that our military families are informed and empowered so they can be effective advocates for their loved ones is a mission that MSEC and STOMP share. And we're grateful for STOMP and the important work that you ladies are doing because it's having such a positive impact on so many of our military connected families. For our listeners, we will include links to STOMP and information resources to support families advocating on behalf of their family member with exceptional needs. Don't forget, if you haven't had the chance, please listen to part one of the series, Claiming Your Seat at the Table. I've enjoyed being your guest host for this series and want to encourage you to keep this conversation going so that we can ensure that our military families have the tools and resources necessary to feel empowered to claim their seat at the table. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Thanks again to the generous support from Fort Drum's North Country Spouses Club and the Spouses Club of Fort Eustis. Until next time, live a great story.